Welcome to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast, a weekly program that looks back at historic content from our archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by today's edition. Today, you will get to hear audio from a simulated Article 5 convention with 49 state delegations consisting mostly of sitting or previous state legislators. Hosted by Convention of States Foundation in August of 2023, the event was held in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. In part two of the final plenary session, commissioners begin debate on Proposal 1 offered by the Committee on Term Limits and Federal Judicial Jurisdiction. I'd like to introduce now uh, Representative Dan Eubanks, Commissioner from the state of Mississippi, to discuss and offer the proposal on term limits. Commissioner Eubanks, welcome. Thank you. Five minutes. Thank you, Mr. President, Vice President, ladies and gentlemen of the Convention, Honorable Commissioners. The Term Limits and Federal Jurisdiction, Judicial Jurisdiction Committees has advanced two proposals to put before this body here today. Proposal one has to do with congressional term limits. Um, I believe that we can all agree that our founding fathers never intended uh, for Congress to become a career that spanned 30, 40, or 50 years. Um, I would like to read the proposal, but then if it pleases the president and this body, I would ask that you allow the chair to bring forward Mr. Steve Bradbury, uh, Bradbury of Virginia, a member of our Congressional Term Limits Subcommittee, uh, to answer any questions and further dis the discussion related to this yes. proposal. Yes, Commissioner Bradbury, please come forward. Proposal 1, Section 1, no person shall be elected to serve in the House of Representatives more than nine full terms, nor elected or appointed to serve in the Senate more than three full terms. This article shall not disqualify any person from completing a term in the Congress to which that person was elected or appointed prior to ratification of this article. Section 2, no person shall serve in Congress for more than 24 years in total. So further uh, explanation, sir. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, uh, Mr. President, and uh, commissioners of the convention. Uh, this uh, proposed amendment on term limits for Congress is modeled on the 22nd Amendment, uh, providing for the two-term limit uh, for the president. It is uh, structured as a disqualification uh, for election or appointment. Uh, so that if a person has served nine full terms, for example, in the House, that person would be disqualified from seeking election or being elected to a tenth term. Uh, the amendment would not operate to cut off any current terms of incumbents when the amendment is ratified. And I wish to point out three considerations that were discussed in our committee and subject of some debate. Uh, first, the reference to full terms is intended to mean that partial terms do not count against the limits. So if a person were appointed by a governor or elected by special election to serve out the remainder of a term, for example, in the Senate, that would not count against the number of full terms. So that uh, the actual amount of time a person could serve, for example, in the Senate, would, could be more than 18 years if that person had served a partial term. Second, there was a lot of debate over the number of terms. Uh, originally, proposal was for a limitation of six terms in the House, which would be 12 years, and two terms in the Senate, also 12 years. Uh, we would invite uh, the convention to consider whether the number of terms is appropriate. Also, a uh, decision was made to keep the limits the same in both houses. 
original proposal had them different, and that's something that could be considered. We note that we have a 24-year limit on total service, so the number of terms looks pretty long, potentially, but there is a 24-year term on, com on combined. Uh, one consideration, though, is that 24-year limit could kick in in the middle of someone's term in office, requiring that the state provide for special elections, so something to consider. And the final thing I would uh, say, Mr. President, is be so bold as to suggest that if this convention does not approve a limit on congressional terms, then I think we have not fulfilled our mission here today. Thank you. All right, what questions do we have? If you have a question, please come up to the mic. The commissioner from the great state of Alaska, where we have boroughs. Thank you, Mr. President, for the opportunity to speak to the ladies and gentlemen uh, commissioners. Is this a, are you speaking or a question? This is a question. Okay. Um, I have a question uh, um, why the words or appointed were not included after in the beginning um, pertaining to the House of Representatives, but it was included in the um, pertaining to the Senate. And I do have a comment. Is that permissible, uh, Mr. President? No, ma'am. Okay. But stay up here in case you want to later. So just stay close. So would you restate the question as you understood it, Representative Question: Ebert? The question is why, with regard to members of the House, the phrase or appointed was not included as it was with the Senate. And that's, a gentlelady, that's because the Constitution does not allow for the appointment of members to the House. If there's a vacancy in the House, there must be a special election pursuant to the Constitution. Thank you. Okay, further questions? I thought it was innovative, Representative Eubanks, to have the 24-year limit because most of the proposals don't include an overall limit. We, we certainly want to bring a lot of them home as quickly as we can. And I'm wondering, uh, this proposal, though, doesn't begin, the clock doesn't begin ticking until this passes, right? So somebody could have already served 24 years and they'll have another 24 years after this. But it's some, is that correct? Uh, I'm sorry, no, Mr. President. Uh, they could serve that. out the remainder of the current term, but the amendment would apply to them. They would not be able to serve any additional terms. So you would bring them home pretty quick? Yes, sir. Okay. Other questions that you have? And we're going to, uh, you know, here's what I want to encourage members to do. You may not have any objection to this, so you may want to speak for it. We need some discussion so that the people who are watching understand the reasons why we would want to have term limits. So whether you're for or against this proposal, if you would like to speak, I'd like to rep uh, recognize you to say a word on it. Did you, Madam Commissioner from Alaska, you had a comment? Yes. Um, states with, thank you, Mr. President, states with small populations, rural states, do not have very many members of Congress, and my state, as a, a case in point, only has one member in the U.S. House of Representatives. So I've always been concerned about um, term limits in that regard because seniority becomes important. However, the provision of, eight, um, of equivalent to 18 years in each body, and total of 24, does allow um, some seniority to be built up. I've also been concerned about term limits because it, I do not want um, bureaucrats 
legislative staffers, lobbyists, um, executive, uh, life, lifetime executive employees to have more power, and particularly when people are freshmen. So I believe the increase to the uh, higher number of years that the committee made, I support that, and I could support this, whereas in the past when it's been limited, I would not be able to it, Mr. President. So uh, I appreciate that consideration of the body here today. All right, next we have from the state of Wyoming. Did you have, you wanted to speak for or against your proposal? Who is that? Uh, yes. And if we could, uh, Utah also come on up, you'll be next. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, more of a question uh, as to the debate on this amendment. Uh, my constituency is very concerned about limiting the term of the unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state. And it is our fear that if we enact term limits on Congress but do not limit the terms of office of those that are in the administrative state, that they would weaken, uh, further weaken the Congress. Uh, some questions as to what the debate was on that proposal and if it is an option. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you very much, sir. And uh, next will be the state of Utah. Uh, Yo, you had a... Shall I answer the question, Mr. Yes, he was speaking, but go ahead. We'll allow you back to answer the question. Yes, there was considerable debate on term limits on the bureaucrats as well. Uh, in the end, the committee could not agree on a proposal and did not uh, propose one out. Okay. Now from the state of Utah. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, as we had some discussion about this last night, I think we understood it, or at least I understood it differently. Uh, we were asking whether this was a tack or a toll on, uh, on what this might do. And, and in the discussion this morning, it was stated that if someone had already served 24 years, then they would be barred uh, going forward on the passage of this amendment. Um, I, I would suggest an amendment. I, I, I don't believe that going retroactively when someone was elected and we apply this retroactively to people that may have been in, people take action based on the law that they know prospectively. And so to apply it retroactively to someone without knowledge that they would be cut off at 24 years, I don't know that we do that in law or that that might be appropriate. I would suggest an amendment <clears throat> that may cure this that would say this amendment shall apply to any newly elected term for the House or the Senate following the effective date of the amendment. Uh, that would allow for people that, both citizens, uh, people in their states electing, they would then know the application of the law rather than applying the law retroactively with no knowledge of what the law may be. So I would, uh, I would propose that amendment that this have prospective application rather than retroactive application. All right, sir, what we'll do, we'll allow the staff to Write that down, and we can go ahead and discuss that amendment while they're doing that. I think we understand it. Uh, we had next was uh, uh, Andrew Matthews, commissioner from Minnesota. Do you wish to speak on the amendment, or do you want to speak on the, um, on the bill itself, the proposal itself? To the proposal itself, Mr. President. You will President. then just hold. And so let, let's, let's address that amendment that Mr. Ivory has proposed uh, to make it prospective only. Is there any discussion? Anyone wish to speak? Any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, come forward if you would. This will be uh, Commissioner McMahon from Massachusetts. I wish I could see well enough to identify everybody, but I just can't. 
So I'm going to do the best I can. Uh, Mr. President, um, I, I sat on the uh, subcommittee that addressed this issue. Um, there is a, and this is a, a comment, there is a, um, uh, an axiom, if you will, in the law that it's called ex post facto. Ex post facto says that a law that is passed presently cannot have retroactive effect unless it is specifically specified within that statute. And, and, and in that statute, it must have a time limit as to how far back it does go. So as this is presently written, this only affects going forward from the time that this is enacted. So what the effect would be as it is now, as it is written now, would be that someone could literally serve 30 years in Congress and then be limited to only serving another 24. I just wanted to clarify that. But now our ex post facto laws under the Constitution, aren't they strictly for criminal laws that that applies? Um, it's also for uh, uh, time limitations. Okay. All right, Thanks. so you're saying the amendment is not necessary, or you're just opposed to the amendment? Uh, I'm not opposed to it, I'm just giving a comment that as it is written now, uh, it would be my opinion that it cannot go uh, it cannot go retroactive. So you're saying it's, it's only perspective as written in your opinion? As it is now, okay. yes. All right. Further discussion on the proposed amendment? Yes, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. I um, just wanted to make note, I mean, obviously we've just heard some other information, but uh, as I was coming up, in New Jersey we had a, an issue very similar to this where we had uh, dual office holders and we decided that we were going to do away with that. And the way we did it to make sure that we could get that passed was we had senators that were mayors, for example, and they uh, were told that they would not be included in the change. It was only applicable to new legislators or new mayors, uh, that the old ones were grandfathered in, and so we're down to about three dual office holders in New Jersey, but it was done seamlessly rather than ruffling feathers of uh, office holders that are currently uh, holding their positions. Just that thought. Thank you. Yes. Now, Massachusetts already spoke. Is that correct? Yes. So, okay, so Illinois, you wish to speak on the amendment? Yes or no? No? Okay. So we, uh, South Carolina on the amendment? Come forward, please, sir. Here, sir. Yes, sir. There you go. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Mr. President. Appreciate that. Um, a, a, a note: um, I appreciated the debate, apparently, that you had in your committee with regard to the administrative state, because I do believe, after spending a decade uh, with this issue, that to have term limits on Congress, you also need term limits on a portion of the administrative state. I would, I would mind that. It would be the higher echelon of the administrative state, not that they couldn't work from the federal government for 50 years, but maybe a 12-year period in which they would then have to move to another agency because they would take that cachet of knowledge they have and power and move it to another agency. So I would hope that, um, and with the restraint of time that we have here, which we all felt yesterday, didn't we, 
uh, that uh, uh, the Convention of States, when called, would address that issue to couple them together. I think that's a very important aspect of this because you do not want to cripple uh, the people's representatives, whether they be representatives or senators, and allow the administrative state to be even more in control than they are. So uh, I get it that we are in brevity time here, so we didn't have time to finish that in that committee, but I believe you probably would. Now, I, I would, uh, one other address is the, the uh, term limits. I, I, we were here to restrict the federal government. I don't feel I can go home very easily and tell people that uh, we have these terms that have been proposed. They're very long. And people will say, what are you doing? Why didn't you do that? So I would simply propose for discussion and for possibly a vote an amendment, and I tell the uh, staff here the uh, that instead of uh, uh, having six terms for representatives, that would be 12 years, and uh, two terms for senators, that would be 12 years. That's a total of still 24 years. It's and just, sir, may know, I say that, first of all, would you identify yourself, sir? Sir, Representative Bill Taylor of South yes, Carolina. What, what I would like to do, sir, if you don't mind, we'll, we'll dispose of this amendment, and yes, then sir. we'll consider your amendment. Very good, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So any further discussion? Yes, sir, the chairman uh, on the uh, proposed amendment. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I oppose the... Uh, amendment, and I just want commissioners to understand the effect of this proposed amendment is it would only apply to people who run for office going forward. It would not restrict anybody who's currently in Congress. So Chuck Schumer would get 18 plus, 18 more years in the Senate. Now, I realize, uh, as the gentleman from Virginia has identified, that would also limit Mike Lee. It would limit people we like as well as people we don't like, but that's the way term limits should work. It's sauce for the goose, is sauce for the gander. I just think we have to shut down the ones who've been in there forever already, and uh, that's the way we intended the amendment, the uh, proposed amendment to work. So I strongly oppose this recommended change. Thank you. So the gentleman believes that, who's offering the proposal that it is uh, is not perspective. It, it applies to everyone who is in office now. The uh, gentleman offering the amendment feels like that he wants to make it prospective only. Another uh, commissioner feels like it already does that, so there's a little bit of a dispute about what the proposal does. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and vote on the amendment, up or down. Excuse me, sir, point of uh, As, uh, We'll give you a chance to close, just one moment. We're going to vote on the amendment, up or down, then we'll consider the next amendment. So go ahead and close on your motion, if you would. Uh, thank you, yes. Uh, in, in law, we act with knowledge of law. This would be applying to people without knowledge of the law. Oh. And in our nation, you must have knowledge of law to be held to a standard if you had no knowledge of what the standard was, neither the voters nor those in office. And so I think, uh, I, and, I, and I have to say, I really thought that this proposal was very elegantly crafted. I, I, I do think it is very elegant that you offer the opportunity to have 18 years in either body, but no more than a total of 24. I really, I thought that was, that was quite, uh, quite creative. But, but I do think in, in, in fairness, in law, we talk about the fundamental basis of our law is notice and opportunity to be heard. 
This would apply the law with no notice, with no opportunity to, to act and uh, comport your behavior, neither for the voters nor for those in office. While I am very sympathetic to those who have been in office for an extreme amount of time, we have three people that control the House, we have three people that control the Senate, and it only differs with which, which three people in which party control it. I'm very sympathetic to that. But if we are looking at how we apply law, we apply law prospectively. And so I would encourage support of the amendment. Thank you. Thank you very much. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a voice vote. If it's not clear what the vote was, then we'll have the roll call vote. So I'm going to say all in favor and then all opposed. So be prepared to do that. So all in favor of the amendment proposed, please. Yes. Yes. Only the chairman of the state, only the chairman of the state should vote by voice. Okay. So only those chairmen of my state voting by voice, all in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed to the amendment say no. No. I believe the, the no's have it. Next amendment. I don't think it was unclear, do you, really? All right, well, if you don't think it was clear, I thought it was very clear. All right, we'll have a roll call vote. If you're for the amendment, vote yes. If you're opposed, vote no. And uh, the uh, secretary will call the roll. Alabama. No. Alaska. No. Arizona. Aye. Arkansas. No. California. No. Colorado. Aye. Connecticut. Delaware, no. Florida, no. Georgia, no. Hawaii, no. Idaho, no. Illinois, no. Indiana, yes. Iowa, no. Kansas, no. Kentucky, yes. Louisiana, no. Maine, no. Maryland. Massachusetts. <coughs> Michigan. Yes. Minnesota. Minnesota votes no. Mississippi. No. Missouri. No. Montana. No. Nebraska. No. Nevada. No. New Hampshire. No. New Jersey. Yes. New Mexico. New York, yes. North Carolina, no. North Dakota, no. Ohio, yes. Oklahoma, <laughs> Oregon, no. Pennsylvania, no. sorry, I didn't hear Pennsylvania, no, no. South Carolina, yes. South Dakota, no. Tennessee, Texas. Yes. Utah. Yes. Vermont. No. Virginia. No. Washington. Yes. West Virginia. No. Wisconsin. Yes. Wyoming. Yes. The vote is 15 yes, 34 no. And the amendment fails. Next amendment.
Yes, sir, why do you rise? Well, we had another amendment before, uh, before you uh, that was discussed by the gentleman here. Is that amendment ready? Oh, it's the same one. All right, please come forward then. So we're discussing the next proposed amendment and identify yourself, please, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. Andrew Matthews from Minnesota. And to some of the uh, other commissioners' questions, here's the uh, amendment that we worked on in the subcommittee, which ultimately narrowly failed to come out of our full committee, uh, but I think is, is vitally important. Uh, for term limiting the bureaucracy, uh, because I'm a firm believer that uh, term limiting Congress alone without putting some limitations and guardrails around the administrative uh, and bureaucratic agencies is a serious mistake uh, because already currently we see uh, power seeping away, Article I authority seeping away from the elected representatives that the people vote on to administrative agencies which do not have the same uh, accountability uh, and oversight of the people, do not stand for vote or for election, or can be removed if they uh, make bad decisions. So I emailed in uh, the text of an amendment that I'm hoping is ready uh, of what we worked through in, uh, in our subcommittee, uh, in the term limits uh, committee on uh, bureaucratic, um, bureaucratic term limits. Let's see if we could read that amendment uh, before we have any further discussion. The, um, does the are secretary you, have it? Are you offering it as a substitute to, to the language proposed? No, in addition. Uh, this is new language to be added. added. I see the language, but I'm not sure where to add it. Section three. Added, added, this will be a new section. So um, would the secretary read the proposed amendment? So the amendment is to add sections three, four, and five to the end of the existing proposal. Section three would read, at the beginning of each presidential term, the president shall be required to fill or refill all offices of the executive branch, the appointment to which is required to be made by the president in accordance with Article two, section two. Section four would read, no person shall serve more than 12 years combined as an appointed officer of the executive branch. Section 5 would read, all officer, officers excuse me, and employees of the executive branch shall serve at will. All right, so would you explain the amendment, please, sir? Thank you, Mr. President. Yes, we worked through uh, and had very good, uh, vigorous discussion in the committee. Both uh, those that had uh, questions uh, or opposition to it still were helpful in crafting uh, our thought process with it. And so the section three in the amendment uh, gives an extra measure of accountability. Hold on, a point of order, yes, sir. Uh, go ahead. I would just, for, for time's sake, I don't know if this is appropriate or germane to the actual uh, language that we're discussing now, so I would like to check to see if this amendment is germane. Well, we're dealing with the topic of term limits, so I think it's germane. I rule that it is. Yes. I was just wondering if we had the previous amendment that dealt with the number of terms up for consideration before this one. Well, this is an amendment to that, so this is adding new language to the proposal before us. So it doesn't change anything in that. It's dealing with an additional type of term limit as to employees, appointed officials. Thinking that the, the number of terms was raised as a proposed amendment prior to this. 
No, I don't think we changed the terms. Point of order, Yes, yes. If this amendment failed in committee, do the rules allow it to be brought to the floor? Yes. I'm not aware of any rule that would prevent it from being considered. As our parliamentarian, is there such a rule? No, there's no such No, there's no rule like that. All right, go ahead and proceed with your explanation, please, sir. Thank you, Mr. President. We're working on they're, they're working on it. They will put it on the screen as soon as it's ready. Go ahead, sir. All right. Thank you, Mr. President. So the first section of the amendment uh, is one measure of accountability that our subcommittee worked out that the president reappoints all uh, the officers that he does uh, in accordance with Article 2, Section 2 at the start of each term. That brings another uh, measure of accountability. Those that have to go before the Senate for advice and consent of the Senate uh, return for that again uh, so that there is that continued every four years that oversight uh, by both the executive and the legislative branch over uh, these bureaucratic officials uh, for, for consideration there. And that, uh, that applies even to if the same president is elected to two consecutive terms. Uh, the second section of the amendment, which will be section four, uh, I believe is very important. A 12-year term limitation on appointed officers uh, of the executive branch. That would be your secretaries, uh, under and deputy secretaries, uh, division heads. Uh, 12 years uh, for a term limitation for that. Whatever the uh, number of years is that we set, uh, I strongly believe it should be smaller than the term limitation set for Congress or for elected members uh, of the legislature because uh, we don't want to have a bureaucrat just deciding to outweigh a legislator until they retire and leave. If anything, it should be the other way around. A legislator should have the uh, ability to wait out a bureaucrat uh, until they are term limited out. Uh, and then Section 3 uh, was also uh, brought up by the subcommittee uh, as a very important step to have officers and employees of the executive branch to be at-will service. There is so much discussion about uh, how when a new administration comes in, uh, there are so many that are already in the, if the federal agency uh, embedded that are not uh, fulfilling the direction of the new administration uh, and very difficult to make changes. Uh, and so making sure that all employees uh, serve as at will uh, to the secretary of the agency uh, can, can help with a new administration uh, making changes uh, all the way down uh, to ensure that the president's and administration's goals are being accomplished all the way through. So I bring uh, these proposals uh, for the body's consideration. And may I ask you, does this mean there'd be no more civil service, no protection for any jobs for federal employees and military, things like that? Uh, Mr. President, it's limited to uh, federal agencies. We had uh, various discussions in there. The conversation, you know, we had discussion about ambassadors and, and military and all of that, but it's, it's uh, designed to be strictly to our federal agencies, such as the Department of Transportation, Department of State, Department of but Education. But the rank and file employees, they would be at will? Correct. Okay. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're going to do this so because the people who may be watching can't hear us in the back. So if you would, I'm recognizing you, if you would make your point of order at the front. Thank you, Mr. President. David Bullard, Oklahoma. My point of order is to the questioning being offered by the presiding officer. Uh, it is the job of the presiding officer to steer the ship and not build the ship. And so I would like to challenge that. All right. Well, I ruled that the presiding officer can't ask questions. So. <laughs> All right. Further uh, questions on the amendment? Yes. Uh, come forward, sir, and identify yourself. Uh, yes, sir. Come to the front, if you would. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, one, one uh, Tim second, please, sir. We have a point of order. Justin Wayne from Nebraska. Uh, under Mason's manual, I challenge the chair on that ruling and ask for a vote on the floor. Thank you. Okay. All right, so the question has been raised whether the presiding officer can ask questions. And, I, of course, I know in every different legislature probably the rules are different, but uh, my experience is the presiding officer can ask questions. And uh, so that is my ruling, and he would like to challenge the ruling of the chair. We're going to do that by voice uh, vote by the chairman of the uh, delegation. If you want to uphold the ruling of the chair, you'll vote yes or yay. If you want to uh, uphold the uh, objection, you would vote no. So all in favor of upholding the ruling of the chair, signify by saying yay. yay. And those opposed to the ruling of the chair, say nay. I believe the nays have it, so my ruling is overturned. So let's proceed, and uh, we'll have uh, your, your, uh, your commenting on the amendment. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I am not commenting. Tim Ginder from the state of Ohio, I'm not commenting on the spirit of the amendment. In fact, I didn't even really need to come up here. I would ask that another look be taken at consideration, be taken at line. They just took it off the screen two or three, line two and three, the language of section three. Uh, it seems to be there needs, unless I'm reading that wrong, the appoint to which is required, which is required to which is required. I'm not sure that that language is accurate. Could we have them look at that language just as far as accuracy is concerned? Yes. Thank you, sir. So you want the staff to see if the language is accurate. All right, further discussion. We'll be looking at that. And uh, further discussion on the proposed amendment. Yes, sir. Identify yourself, please. Thank you, Mr. President. Uh, Steve Montenegro, Arizona. I, I, I rise in respectful but strong opposition to this amendment. We did have a great discussion in committee. I was in the committee as well. But there's a reason this uh, amendment failed in committee as well. There was some strong... Uh, comments and thoughts brought up. First of all, one of them was already brought up about civil service, national defense, and if I can just go a little bit more general, we're talking about the definition of words as well, the definition of what employees are. And so we, ha we have to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of government? At the state level, when I am uh, considering whether to vote for legislation, I ask myself, is it the role of government? And then in order to understand if it's the role of government, I go to the Constitution. And if we're going to be 
making laws through the Constitution, I don't think that that's the, the wisdom that the founders intended. I think we're going too far by going into employment law now. There could be lawsuits on definitions, on employment. Um, and so I think that this is a bit too far. I do understand the spirit, and I, uh, I understand our frustration with the politic of bureaucracy. But at the same time, that has to be left to the term limit. If we're talking about term limits, that's where term limits steps in for the electeds. I don't think that it was in the spirit of the founders to start limiting employees, appointees, servants that are, are, are there not by election. So for, for those purposes, for purposes of definitions, we're, we're, we're talking about, you see here, offices and, uh, well, this is the amendment, but the original amendment that we're discussing talks about, we're really going into employees. And I think that there's just a problem with that, Mr. President. I strongly believe that the Constitution should not be getting into this level of detail uh, for, for term limits or for rules of engagement. So I rise in opposition respectfully. Thank you. All right. We'll have next Virginia and then West Virginia. And I'm hoping that we could have maybe one or two after that and then go ahead and get to a vote so that we don't get too bogged down. Virginia's next, and then West Virginia after that. Uh, th thank you, Mr. President. Uh, I do think the members of the convention do need to understand that the final section, section five, will end all civil service reform, civil service protections. So we will go back to the state of play Abraham Lincoln faced of a full patronage system for the entire workforce of the, of the executive branch. That is what will happen from this. And all union representation uh, protections will, will end because everyone will be an at-will employee. That may be a very positive thing. Uh, I would suggest that as the references to officers in, uh, particularly in section four, uh, and Section 3 should be limited to civilian officers so as to exclude military officers from being required to be reappointed every four years or uh, have a 12-year term. So if it would be available, Mr. President, I would suggest that should be an amendment that is made to this. All right. Uh, we have next will be West Virginia, then New York, Minnesota, and Montana. And if we could end debate after that, I think we can move forward. So uh, West Virginia is next. And the author of this amendment, would you come up, please, sir, to me? Thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, I just wanted to point out, because uh, while I support the sort of concept, and I actually think it's a very valid point to be more worried about the bureaucracy, and some people are than necessarily elected officials, and I generally support term limits and all of that. Um, I believe from a, a quick look that this would apply to uh, between 12 and 1400 civilian officers that are subject to the advice and consent clause of uh, the Constitution and then more than 100,000 other officers of the federal government that have been exempted from the advice and consent but I believe this would still apply to those officers. And, if you, if you think about that for a second, I mean, on the one hand, I, I'm not worried about the civil service protections and all of that. I'm fine with getting rid of that. But to expect that a, a, an, an incoming president um, just sort of statistically is going to have to find um, something on the order of 10,000 people 
uh, at, at minimum, that have never held one of these officer positions, um, in addition to starting his administration up, um, you know, that's, uh, that's going to create a, a, an enormous burden right on the very front end of it. You know, they, there's an enormous number of people who normally get appointed, but at least in many cases they have experience, you know what they're going to do, et cetera, in office. And I, I don't think that um, it, it's realistic to expect that, you know, 10,000 plus new people are going to have to be found that have never served in one of these roles before. Uh, at the beginning of each presidential term. So I think you should think about that uh, before adopting this amendment. Thank you. Who is next? Uh, is that uh, New York now? It is. Victor yes. Donald from New York. Uh, I'll just say, I mean, I support, obviously, term limits on senior leadership within the bureaucracy. I think it's really important to root out the corruption that exists within the system right now. But I'll also remind everyone that Congress can pass a law to actually limit the bureaucracy. They, they could put term limits themselves. It doesn't have to be through an amendment. So I would just keep in mind that when it comes to senior leadership, uh, if this amendment went through, that's fine with me. But at the same time, if it fails, well, Congress can actually pass a law that puts restrictions on how long someone could serve in senior positions, like the FBI, that's limited to 10 years. So just keep that in mind. Now, uh, Minnesota. Identify yourself, please, sir. Representative Walter Hudson from Minnesota. Uh, I think it's been stated many times, but it bears repeating and emphasizing. If we are not willing to truly limit what government actually is, we have to be real about what government actually is. It is not our elected officials, not currently, not when we're looking at the feds. The government is the administrators, it is the bureaucrats, it is the staff. It is the people who are able to make a lifetime. We, we complain about career politicians. You want to know who has careers in politics? It's people who've never run for office. It's people who've never been elected. I would submit to you that without this, we're actually harming our ability to hold our government accountable by passing term limits without addressing the administrative state. Now, this language may be imperfect, that's a product of the fact that this is a simulated convention and we have limited time. If we had the ability to really chew this through, we could pinpoint it to where it has the effect that I think many of us want it to have. But I think it's important to signal to those who are watching that we're serious about taking an ax to the root of the administrative state, or as some call it, the deep state. Let's pass this, thank you. All right, so... Uh... Senator, uh, Senator Matthews moves that we temporarily return this proposal to the calendar to draft some amendments related to civil service and military. Uh, while we'll go on to the next proposal while that's you have it now, right? Thank you for listening to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast. To learn more about our grassroots movement, go to www.conventionofstates.com. <laughs>